0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making theology central.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is Saturday, July the 16th, 2022. It is currently 9.53 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And I know that you probably understand this, but whenever you listen To a Christian podcast, whenever you sit in church and listen to a pastor preach, you need to understand there's always things going on. Well, behind the scenes, there's always things going on behind that microphone. There's always things going on that you don't see because when I sit in front of this microphone, I want you to think of this. It's almost like I've painted a painting and I'm showing you what I've painted, or when I preach a sermon, I'm showing you what I have painted, but that painting really covers up maybe a reality that no one actually sees or is aware of. Uh, When I turn on this microphone, you hear my voice, but you don't know everything going on Behind that voice. When the pastor stands behind that pulpit, you see a person, you hear the words, but you don't know everything going on inside that person. There's always the reality presented, and then there is the re- reality that is hidden. Okay, I want you to hear that again. There is the reality that is presented, and there is the reality that is hidden, and you may go, well, it shouldn't be that way. I, I have a feeling. The same is true in your life, right? There's lots of times that, well, you you sit down, you paint the painting, and then you show everyone that painting. You're like, here's what I want everyone to see. But it doesn't really show what's going on on the inside. Now, that's going to be a very important concept for this episode. But before we get to the actual content here, let me tell you what's kind of been going on behind the scenes that you probably did not know. Now, some of you are very aware that I have a seizure disorder and I have a number of neurological issues all related to something that happened to me in the military. We won't go through that long, boring story. Well, it's been one of those situations where the last few days I've had some serious neurological issues going on. It's hard for me to describe what it's like. It's like being underwater. You see the sunlight up there and you're swimming and you're swimming and you're swimming, but you just can't get... You can't break the surface. You cannot get to the surface. It's a weird feeling, but it makes it very difficult to sit in front of a microphone and try to talk about theological issues with any kind of mental clarity, right? It feels weird. It's like I'm talking, but I'm not talking. It it, it is a bizarre feeling. And so as a result, some of the last few episodes have not been, well, they, they they just haven't been very good. And I apologize for that. You've also noticed there hasn't been that many because while well, I haven't felt very good yesterday, it kind of reached a, a head where I did one and I ended up deleting it immediately because it just, everything was just not feeling right, but it's a new day. So today I'm going to put it out there that I still, am, I'm not at a hundred percent. But I'm going to do my very best today to try to produce some programs that hopefully will be spiritually beneficial, even though the one sitting behind the microphone is not at 100%. Maybe over the next few hours that will change, but I'm going to do my best. But I think it just serves as a great illustration for what we want to talk about. I could turn on the microphone and put on a smile and try to act like everything is okay. You may be sitting there thinking, wow, that really wasn't a very good program. Wow, he's not doing very good today. But you would have no clue what's going on behind the scenes. I could put forth an image. I could put forth the idea, but it it would not change the reality, right? In other words, the reality presented, no matter how good it looks, still would not be the true reality because just because you cover up the, the other reality doesn't mean that other reality isn't real. It's just as real. And sometimes we have to acknowledge that. Keep all of that in mind, All right? We're going to go back to yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, I woke up, I leaned over, grabbed my iPad, and I hit play on one of the podcast apps to start just playing different podcasts. I think I immediately fell asleep. And I woke up at just the right moment because this is really the first thing I heard yesterday morning, and I'm going to play it for you. Now, I cannot speak for how you handle things, but for me, when I hear something, I have a tendency to, some would call it, uh, you know, I obsess over something. But I will take a thought, take something I heard, and I will just analyze and analyze and think and think and think and think. And I usually look for some kind of theological or spiritual connection to it, right? Some theological or spiritual principle that I can take from it. And this is one of those that I heard yesterday morning and it just, it just stayed with me and stayed with me. And I could not, I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't get rid of it. And so then yesterday I tried to talk about it here on this program. It wasn't very good. So we're going to, we're going to go back to yesterday morning, hopefully with a little bit more mental clarity for, on my behalf. And we're going to talk about this because I think it's very important. If you happen to hear the, the live broadcast yesterday, I apologize. Hopefully, I can present this in a better way today. But are you ready? Yesterday morning, my iPad's playing. I've dozed off. I open my eyes. I kind of, I kind of come back to, and all of a sudden, I hear this. And literally, this is when I woke up. Right as this started, I mean, you talk about perfect timing. It literally – this is the very first thing I heard, and it's just – to me, it is so fascinating. Hopefully, you'll find it as fascinating. Here we go.
0: And one last thing. You know what they say about the great artists? There's always something happening just below the surface. In this case, I guess I mean that literally. In Edinburgh, Scotland, the National Gallery there is holding this big exhibition featuring the work of Vincent van Gogh. As part of their prep, they x-rayed this painting called Head of a Peasant Woman. It's a lady wearing a hat, her face is weathered by the sun. But under the x-ray, researchers found something more.
1: On the reverse, hidden by a sheet of cardboard, we have a previously unknown Artist self-portrait.
0: If you flip the painting over, underneath the cardboard that is glued to the back for framing is what appears to be a self-portrait of Van Gogh himself. Apparently this is a thing Van Gogh did. To save money, he would just paint on the back side of a canvas. And here you see a man sitting, wearing a hat and a beard. Even on the x-ray, it looks unmistakably like Van Gogh. You can even deduce when this was painted. Since he's looking off to the right, you can see his left ear. So this is before he cut it off. The question now is what to do next. To have an image as elusive as it presently is, is something very, very special. To reveal this new self-portrait, researchers would have to cut away all this glue and cardboard. Well, you don't want to harm the head of the peasant woman. After all, based on what was framed and sold, she's the person he wanted us to see. Now, you may hear that and think, so
1: what? Who cares? I don't care about art. I don't care about Van Gogh. I don't care about the head of a peasant woman. I don't care about Van Gogh self-portrait where he still has an ear. You may not care about any of that. But oh, when I heard that, I almost immediately sat up and was like, wow, that, that is powerful. So so let's just get the basic facts. Van Gogh, he he creates, he paints a picture of the head of a peasant woman, all right? it's That's what everyone sees for a very long time and they decide to x-ray the painting. They decide to x-ray the painting and all of a sudden they discover, wait a minute, wait a minute, we see the head of the peasant woman but when we x-ray this, there's something else and then they realize on the other side of it is a portrait of Van Gogh. So he painted a painting of the head of a peasant woman but what lied below the surface, what lied underneath was his own portrait. So in other words, the, pe- the head of the peasant woman was covering up the actual artist. Now, in this particular case, there wasn't some You know, mysterious reason. He just, he painted a self-portrait and then was going to paint something else and he just used the other side of it to paint, well, the head of a peasant woman. So he wasn't trying to cover anything up, but the illustration is pretty powerful, right? When you look, you see the head of a peasant woman. What you don't see is the portrait of the artist himself. The artist himself is covered up by the other painting. By the other painting, it's it's it covers up the artist himself. He sat there and he painted this painting of the head of a peasant woman, and then the world sees that, but they did not see Van Gogh, even though it was underneath this exact painting. You're looking at the painting, but you can't see the artist because the artist is covered up by it. Now, as soon as I started thinking about that, I'm like, that describes the spiritual life so much. We spend so much time creating our painting. All right. I want to look like this and I want to look like this and I paint it this way. And like, and then you show the world because you want to show everyone that you're a God, that you're godly, that you're holy, that you're righteous, that you're loving, that you're compassionate. You want the whole world to see this. But in many cases, it simply covers up what is really going on, the real you. So much of Christianity, to me, is painting a painting to make us all look like saints to cover up the fact that we definitely are aints. Okay, I know that's not grammatically correct, but you get the idea. We do a lot of painting. We do a lot of covering up. And 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 I'm not saying that we necessarily do this in an intentional way, that we're trying to play the hypocrite or we're trying to do it, but it's just, it's almost just taught very early in your Christian life. You want everyone to see this. You need to be a good testimony. You need to be a good witness. You need to put forth this. You need to show people this. You need to show people that you've been transformed. You need to show people that you're changed because by seeing your changed life, that's how they'll become a Christian. So you're like, okay, get to the room and start painting. I'll give them a paint, 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 paint. All right, here we go. A little bit of color here, a little shade here, a little dark there. Okay, there it is, there it is. And then you go out and you show everyone, here I am. I'm a Christian now. Look at the painting. Look at the... But, but you don't want them to see what's behind the painting. You don't want them to see on the other side. Because the other side is the self-portrait. And the self-portrait never looks as good as the original painting that you put out. Christianity. I'm not saying it's an intentional. But Christianity spends a lot of time... Listen. On behavioral modification. Behavioral modification, where we try to modify our behavior in an attempt to put forth a spiritual presentation. We want to modify, modifying the behavior is like we're doing the painting. Okay, I'm going to stop this, going to try to not do this, going to do this, not say that, not go here, not look like that, don't wear that, don't do this, don't do that, don't, 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 so that we can put forth a spiritual presentation. So we modify the behavior, behavioral modification, so we can put forth a spiritual presentation so that we can look good. Now, there's benefits. Benefits from behavioral modification uh, to deny that there's not benefits from a behavioral modification would just be, well, it would just not be true and not be accurate. So, so, so let's think about this, all right? What are some of the benefits from behavioral modification? Well, guess what? You avoid any scandal, right? Because as long as you, as you be, as you cover up, if you fix the behavior, you paint a good painting, well, you're not going to, nobody's going to, I mean, they just see the outward, right? So, so you avoid any scandal, not going to be any problems, Obviously, there's not going to be any church discipline, right? Because the outside looks good. The outside looks good. You're not going to probably cause any pain or hurt to others because it looks good. And, well, you're not going to go to jail because I don't know about you. There's sometimes on the inside, we think things that would probably put us in jail, right? Okay, come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? So Christianity, whether I'm not saying it's on purpose, but I think Christianity... well, well. whether we try or not, it's like, you gotta fix the outside. You gotta clean up the outside. B- change the behavior. Change the behavior. B- modify the behavior. Modify. Paint, paint, paint. Okay. And man, we like, here we go. I'm a saint. I'm godly. I'm holy. I'm righteous. And we want the world to think that. As Christians, we're, we, we are more honest. We have more integrity. We're more godly. We're more pure. We, we, we're this. We're, and we want the whole world to see that. Because we think if they see that, then that will make them supposedly want to become Christians. So I understand the motivation. I understand the desire. But when I, I'm telling you, when, our, when we focus so much on behavioral modification, painting the painting to cover up the self-portrait, I think we ultimately do more damage than good. Now, let's look at two scriptures. Go to Matthew chapter twenty-three, because this is not a new problem. Matthew chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-five. Matthew chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-five. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup, and of the platter. See, they're cleaning up the outside. Behavioral modification. Make it look good. Make it look good. They're, they're doing the painting. All right, here we go. Here's the the head of the peasant woman. Okay, there it is. Now nobody can see the self-portrait. Nobody can see what's there. We've cleaned up the outside of the cup, but look at what, what it says here. I think this is very important, right? Okay, you uh are Matthew twenty three, twenty five. You may clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Extortion and excess. On the outside, it looks good, but on the inside is excess, greed, extortion. Now, extortion means this. This is a definition of extortion. Extortion is the practice of obtaining something, especially money, through force or threats. But this is on the inside. In other words, on the outside, it may try to look spiritual. It may try to look godly. But on the inside, there's extortion and greed. They're they're putting forth what appears to be godly. That's the painting. But really, what lies behind the surface? Extortion. Greed. What can I take from people? What can I get from people, oh, howbeit I'm going to do it in the most spiritually sounding way possible because I'm going to put forth the painting that I'm really godly, that I'm really holy, but in reality, inside below the surface on the other side of the painting, there's the extortion, and there's the greed, but you don't see it because the 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 painter, the artist, has covered up themselves well with the head of a peasant woman in the case of van Gogh let's Let's read one more, all right? All right this, look at verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. You, clean, you you make everyone think you're righteous. You, that behavioral modification where you try to look righteous. You try to do what is righteous. But the focus is the external, the external, the external. That painting that you want everyone to see. So much of our Christian life is so focused on that. Kids raised in a Christian home. It's always about don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't. It's always about these externals. Now, I'm not saying we never worry about the external. But here's the problem. Christianity focuses on behavioral modification for the purpose of a spiritual presentation, right? We clean up the outside so that we can look spiritual, that we can put forth a spiritual presentation. But here is a very, 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 very important principle. Behavioral modification without internal transformation is spiritually meaningless, Behavioral modification without internal transformation is spiritually meaningless. If we clean up the outside, if we modify the behavior, but there's no internal transformation spiritually, it's meaningless. And not only is it meaningless, here's what happens. We so put forth a a spiritual presentation of righteousness that, It's just a cleaning up the outside of the cup. It's just cleaning the outside of the tombstone. It's just making everything look good. It's putting forth a a robe of righteousness, That's but there's no internal righteousness inside. There's no internal transformation. After a while, this becomes nothing more than, listen to me, spiritual self-righteousness. It becomes nothing more than fig leaves. We're putting on fig leaves to cover up the reality that is actually there because we won't deal with the reality. We won't deal with the reality. See, we want the world to see some kind of a perceived practical righteousness. When we forget to want, we want the world to understand that we are saved by an imputed righteousness, but we don't really care so much about the world understanding the imputed righteousness. We want them to see the practical righteousness because in a roundabout way, listen, in many cases, behavioral modification has more to do with Pride and ego than it does with holiness and righteousness. Because that becomes our identity does not become listen, our identity no longer becomes Christ. Our identity no longer becomes the imputed righteousness. Our identity is found in some practical righteousness that we want everyone to see so that they will see us and think that we're godly, that we're holy, that we're, that it becomes more about the Behavioral modification becomes more about exalting ourself, giving us a sense of righteousness and accomplishment instead of uh, being about Christ. It, it's very subtle. You can say, no, I'm living a separated, godly, holy life. And maybe that's your intention, but I'm telling you, if it just becomes this external thing, behavioral modification without an internal transformation will become spiritually meaningless. Meaningless. What we want the world to understand is that we are made right. We are declared to be righteous because of an imputed righteousness. We want people to understand the imputed righteousness more so than the practical righteousness. But for some weird reason, we've exalted the practical righteousness over the imputed righteousness because we want everyone to see the painting and we want everyone to see the painting. And even though we would never say this, we want the praise that comes from that painting. Man, you're godly, you're righteous, you're trustworthy, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this. And we take a little bit of self-pride from it, even though we try to claim that we don't. So much of church life is behavioral modification for spiritual presentation, and we become self-righteous, condemning, condescending jerks. See, the problem is what's on the inside. We read another scripture, Matthew fifteen, seventeen. Matthew fifteen seventeen. Matthew fifteen seventeen. Do you not understand that whatsoever entereth in the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out in the drought drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Not, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man." Now, Christianity is very famous for running around telling everyone, garbage in, garbage out. If you bring the garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. But when Christians say that, I sometimes go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You do realize the Christian idea, the biblical idea, the theological idea is the garbage is already in. It's not garbage in, garbage out. It's garbage already in, and it's going to come out. I mean, depravity is inside of us. Cain killed Abel before rock and roll, video games, Netflix, Disney, or whatever. Look at everything that happened in Genesis before all of the horrible societal things that we say corrupts everybody. All of those horrible sins were happening without those evils of society that supposedly corrupts everyone. We're already corrupted. We seem to forget that the issue is our internal corruption. So we 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 it's much easier to paint a painting of an external godliness, of a we a, a little bit of behavioral modification. We paint the painting so that everyone perceives godliness, but we don't want to deal with the internal We want the world to see a practical righteousness and praise it instead of letting the world know, no, we're all ungodly sinners. We're a train wreck. We're a mess. Our salvation is because of an imputed righteousness. We don't get, well, we don't get any credit for the imputed righteousness, do we? We don't get any praise. We don't get anything. No, I'm not saying that we just throw out external righteousness. I'm not saying we throw out trying to modify our behavior for godliness. I'm not saying we throw that out. I'm saying we get it all backwards. Christianity becomes behavioral modification for the purpose of spiritual presentation. Not spiritual reality, but just to present something that appears spiritual, which is exactly what the Pharisees and the scribes were doing. They made everybody made everyone think that they appeared righteous, but they were not righteous. There was extortion, there was greed, there was dead man's bones, there was iniquity all covered up in their external behavioral modification that tried to make them look good. They cleaned it up nicely. But the behavioral modification, without an internal transformation, is spiritually meaningless. And that's what we have to talk about. Now, in this news clip that we listened to, the way they discovered it was an x-ray. It was an x-ray. We need a spiritual x-ray. On a regular, every, listen, every time we hear a sermon, every time we read our Bible, every time we ga- engage in a Bible study, it should serve as a spiritual x-ray. What should occur is that when we look at it, we don't, we don't focus on, okay, what's, we, now listen, this is so easy to do so. And even preaching, preaching is so much about this, is we, we preach a text and we have to apply it. So we almost apply it always to the external, right? Like, don't do this, don't do that, change this, change that, don't watch that, don't talk about this, don't do that. Don't go with them. Don't hang out with them. Don't say that. Don't do that. It's a lot of do's and don'ts, but it focuses on the external. Most of our application is on behavioral modification, not wait. We've got to deal with what's going on on the inside. Why you don't want to do, why you want to do this, why you don't want to do this, why you reject this, why you think this way, why you feel this way, why you act that way on the inside. Look, you can cover up the extortion and greed by not appearing to be an extortion or extortion or, or greedy on the outside. But you can be an extortion or on the inside. You can be greedy on the inside. You've got to deal with the extortion and greed on the inside. Even if you've be modified the behavior externally, if the extortion and greed is still going on in the inside, guess what? You're still, in a sense, an extortioner. You're still greedy, even though you may have covered it up with behavioral modification. Even though you've painted the painting, you've got to deal with the inside. When you read scripture, your focus should be, okay, what is this? What do I feel and think about it on the inside? See, we're really good to sit in the pew and go, amen, but on the inside, We're thinking, not only am I going to violate that scripture, I'm probably going to violate that scripture sometime tonight. Not only am I going to break that commandment, I'm going to enjoy doing it. No, no, no. We'll just say amen. Because if I say amen loud enough, right? If I give, make everyone around me think that I really agree with this, then then I look godly. And maybe externally, you try to make everyone think so. But what's going on on the inside? What do, what do you really feel? See, we're not supposed to say, mm, I don't like that command. I, I don't know if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle with that command. No, 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 no. You put forth the amen. It's God's word. It's God. You know what to say. We need a spiritual x-ray. And every time we hear a sermon, a Christian podcast, open up our Bibles, what should immediately happen is that the focus is on what's going on inside. We go right past the external, right? So in the in the case of Van Gogh, they had the painting of the head of the peasant woman. They x-rayed it and they're like, wait, 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 what's, what's that? That's a self-portrait of Van Gogh. Van Gogh was covered up by the head of a peasant woman. What is covering up you? The Bible is the x-ray that says, no, no, hey. I know you've got everyone else fooled, okay? I know everyone thinks you're godly. I know everyone thinks you're honest. I think everyone knows how selfless you are. But come on, you know deep down how selfish you are, how arrogant you are, how prideful you are, how judgmental you are, how ungodly you are. And we've got to be confronted with the spiritual x-ray. We've got to see the self-portrait. So we see the scripture and immediately we either focus on other people or we start focusing, okay, what do I need to do to make people think something on the behavioral modification so I can put forth a spiritual presentation? We need a spiritual x-ray and it's the word of God that's that x-ray. Every scripture should should go to what is going on inside of you and just being open and honest. Now, I know you can't sit. I know in the middle of a church service, you can't stand up and go, hey, I would like everyone to know that as much as I want to agree with this sermon, I know deep in my heart, I'm going to violate that. And then I'm guilty of it. I know you can't stand up in the middle of the church and say that. But you know what? Maybe you can find a a notebook, a journal that you can put safe, that you can really write what's going on on the inside. I know we're afraid to write it down because we don't want anyone to read that notebook. And I understand that. And I'm not saying you have to run around and tell everyone what's going on the inside. It's not about you running around telling everyone because if you're not careful, you can run around telling everyone what's going on on the inside so that you, once again, you appear to be more spiritual. This is not about you trying to appear more spiritual. It's about you coming face to face with reality. It's, it's, it's with, it's, it's the process of you coming face to face with your self-portrait so that you see yourself as you really are. It's about you. It's not about you telling everyone else, confessing to everyone else. It's about you dealing with it. It's the, a good portion of your Christian, Christian life is you, God, and his word struggling together. That you are confronted with the real you. Not saying you have to go tell everyone the real you. It's the, the ability of you being confronted with the real you. And if you find yourself studying God's word and you're not being confronted, Christianity is good at pointing out everyone else's fault. We're good at telling the world what they're doing wrong. We're good at telling everyone else what they're doing wrong. We're very good at judging everyone else, condemning everyone else. Oh, man, we're, I think we've become experts in the condemning of everyone else. But what, what's going on inside of us? We need a spiritual x-ray. After that spiritual x-ray, we have to acknowledge what we see. We have to acknowledge what we find. We have to to encounter what it is. We have to acknowledge it, no matter how ugly it may be. Again, it doesn't mean you have to acknowledge it and go run and go, hey, listen, everyone, we're going to have a family meeting. Uh, I need to tell everyone uh, that on the inside, I'm trash. It's not about that. It's about you acknowledging it to yourself, which once again should spiritually humble you, should once again spiritually break you, and should maintain you being basically poor in spirit because you will understand you have nothing to offer a holy and righteous God. Spiritual x-ray, acknowledge, I think this is a third very important thing, cling to the imputed righteousness, you've got to clean. I think, the, I think if you do a spiritual x-ray, acknowledge what's going on inside, you'll understand how important the imputed righteousness is. I don't think you'll ever truly understand how important the imputed righteousness is if you somehow become so focused on the external behavioral modification because you'll somehow convince yourself that you're righteous. But the more you see it past that behavioral modification to what's really going on on the inside, you'll realize without that imputed righteousness, you are finished. You are done. Spiritual x-ray boom, you are confronted with the reality. You acknowledge that reality. Lord, I am not worthy. I am a sinner. I am greedy. I'm a murderer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a liar. And this is all just based off what's going on on the inside of you. All right? On the inside. And so therefore you're like, I'm not worthy of anything. And you realize my only hope is not in a practical righteousness. It's an imputed righteousness. It will make you cling to the imputed righteousness. It will make you Hold on to that with everything you have. We need a spiritual x-ray. We need to acknowledge. We need to cling to the imputed righteousness. And then we must focus on internal transformation. Now, this does not happen overnight. And it will never be completed in this lifetime. But it's the focusing on taking God's word, trying to change the inside of you. Now, I do believe the internal will lead to an external change. Again, it's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be incomplete, right? We're never going to anywhere, anywhere near we're supposed to be. So this is not some magical formula on how to become more godly. No, it's the idea is about focusing on where godliness must begin. It must begin on the inside. You know what's easier to work on? The outside. <laughs> it's easy to, to paint the painting. It's easy to put on the makeup. It's easy to put on the pretend. And it's hard to get on the inside. I'm like, Lord, Lord, okay, I'm going to study your word today and help me with the internal issue. The internal issue of anger, the internal issue of unforgiveness, the internal issue of bitterness, the internal issue of lust, the internal issue of greed, the internal issue of selfishness. What we have a tendency to do is start saying, what am I going to do today to externally? We almost almost always begin with the external. Even if you look at Bible study methods and you look at the uh, part of Bible study, which calls for application, that application is always like, what are you going to do? It's always about external action. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting that external action, but it's got to be motivated by an internal transformation or you're just putting on a facade. You're just putting on fig leaves. You're just putting on a robe of self-righteousness. Now, that has benefits, but it has horribly spiritual negative consequences because it will create spiritual pride and arrogance. And it will, before long, your identity will not be in Christ and your identity will not be in his imputed righteousness. Your identity will become in that practical righteousness and it will just make you self righteous, self serving, arrogant, condescending, judgmental jerk. And I've been there. I've been there. So let's summarize. They have a painting by Van Gogh, the head of a peasant woman. They x-rayed it, and they were like, wait, what's, what's on the other side of this all covered up? Wait, it's a self-portrait of Van Gogh. And the only way to get to that self-portrait is we'd have to cut away the cardboard and the paste and, okay, well, do do we destroy this painting to get to it? Now, the only reason Van Gogh did that is because he did his self-portrait and then on the other side, he painted the head of the peasant woman and that's what he decided he wanted everyone to see. So I'm not saying it was an intentional, but it serves as a great illustration that the artist... The self-portrait was covered up by the painting. And we as Christians run around, we, we, we paint whatever our painting is. You can give it whatever name you want it. The head of a peasant woman, whatever. But it's the, the spiritual presentation. We put forth a painting that shows everyone that we're a saint, that we're godly, that we're holy. And we cover up our self-portrait. We don't want to have anyone to see the true self. Well, if you're not careful... All it turns into is behavioral modification. Behavioral modification, which becomes nothing more than a spiritual presentation. There are benefits that flow from that behavioral modification. Yeah, You're not going to be involved in any great scandal. You're going to probably never have to worry about church discipline because church discipline is not going to go on what's on the inside. They only focus on what's on the outside there's not you're not going to cause any pain or hurt to others because they can't see what's on the inside and well you're not going to go to jail for any of your thoughts or or desires so there's great things but it becomes before long it becomes spiritually meaningless because here's what happens behavioral modification without in, uh transform without internal transformation is spiritually meaningless. Behavioral modification without internal transformation is spiritually meaningless. Spiritually, it doesn't do you any good. You've got to focus on the internal, the internal. And how do we do that? Spiritual x-ray, that every time we hear God's word preached, every time we read the Bible, it should be about, now what's going on on the outside? What's going on on the inside? The inside, the inside. Then we have to acknowledge what we find. It's never pretty. Then we have to realize, man, I, you're going to feel totally ho- helpless, hopeless, broken. You're going to feel like you are basically bankrupt in poverty and you have nothing. You are a beggar. And at that point, you cling to the imputed righteousness because that's your only hope anyway. Right Then Then you focus on that internal transformation, trying to apply the word of God to what's going on on the inside. Realizing what needs to change is your internal desire. Now, again, it's a losing battle in one sense because you're you're dealing with the sinful depravity that's inside of you. So you're never going to ultimately defeat that, but it's what you have to fight against. Now, I know someone's going to say, so you're saying don't ever worry about the external. No, I'm saying we have to start with the internal. So that the internal leads to the external transformation. In other words, the external transformation has to be motivated by the right thing. Because sometimes the external behavioral modification, really, we disguise it as that we're doing it for God and we're doing it for righteousness sake. But then sometimes it just becomes about our own pride, our own ego, and what we want everyone to see about us and think about us. We put forth that spiritual painting. We do it all the time as Christians. Now, I'm not saying you run around and let the whole world know everything going on on the inside. That's not what we're talking about because that can become just, well, self-serving as well. Look at everyone. Look at how spiritual I am because I know how bad I am on the inside. That can become self-serving. No, it's just about you being honest with this part of your spiritual life that it's what's going on in the inside. That's the issue. Let's conclude with reading Matthew 23. We're going to conclude two ways. We're going to conclude two ways. All right? First, let's read the scripture again. Matthew 23, 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you may clean the outside of the cup, and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Woe one do you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for, this is verse 27, that's, that's Matthew twenty-three twenty-five. then Matthew twenty-three twenty-seven. 27. What one do you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanliness." Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And then that's uh that was Matthew 23:25 and 27. How about Matthew 15:17? I'm going to read this one more time. Matthew 15, 17, do not yet understand, do you not yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Again, Christianity constantly teaches garbage in, garbage out. No, garbage out, garbage in is where it all began. It's not about garbage in, garbage out. I should say the garbage is already in. We we think we have to put the garbage in to get the garbage out. The garbage comes out because of what's already in. And guess where that garbage was put in you? From the moment of conception, you were born in sin. You are a sinner. Okay, we, we, we have this weird romanticized idea that as long as I can keep all of the garbage out of me, I'll be okay because once again, you focus on what you, you just, you think somehow that you're better off inside than you are inside. You are a mess inside. You're a liar. You're an extortioner. You're a murderer. You're an adulterer. You're everything that you, all those horrible things that you condemn externally. That's what you are internally. You just don't want to acknowledge it because you don't want to see it because you've painted a painting to cover up the self-portrait. We think garbage in means garbage out. The garbage is coming out because the garbage already is in. Again, I would just start in Genesis, way before Netflix, Disney, Hollywood, rock and roll, MTV, rap, whatever you think, video games, whatever you think is the cause of everything, go to Genesis. That was all showing up in culture because it was inside of people. Cain didn't need a video game or rock and roll or, or, or anything else to kill his brother. He was depraved. How bad the world got in Genesis 6 is because of depravity. Everyone's, flo- the world is flooded. They get off the ark, boom, depravity shows up instantaneously. Homosexuality, rape, incest, all of it's in Genesis. Because the problem is Inside. Christianity cannot simply be a method of behavioral modification to make us look good. Christianity is that we acknowledge how bad we are on the inside that's why our only hope is an imputed righteousness I wish we would make sure the world understood that and then what we need to do is that we need to spend time with God's Word which is the spiritual x-ray machine so that we can see what's really going on on the inside and we will focus on changing the inside instead of just putting on a, our you know our nice church clothes putting forth a nice little spiritual painting to make us all look good so that we all cover up the self-portrait of how depraved and messed up we really are but we want the world to th- think no 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 christians are great christians are better christianity and then the world constantly is like you're a bunch of liar and hypocrites because we're so focused on trying to make us look something than reality or not guess what you are as a christian you're still a sinner guess what you still have as a christian a depraved nature Now, I'm not saying we should act on that internal thing. I think I'm, I'm, We should fight against it externally. I understand that. We just, we got to be more honest with what's going on on the inside. There's no point in pretending that it's not there because it's there. So we'll end with closely to how this was supposed to begin. It was supposed to begin just with this audio clip. I had to kind of give my discussion about that I'm not 100% today, but hopefully... Anything I've messed up in this, you will be forgiving and that you will see beyond my mistakes and hopefully see these principles that I think are very, 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 very important, even though they were delivered by someone who's still not at 100% but is doing his best. But I wanted to give what's going on behind the scenes because it's, it's the same type of thing. But here we go. Here's the clip that started it all. Here we go. Right talent and technologies, generating insights that spark opportunities okay. that's, to explore that's the commercial. Thinking, <laughs> okay. visit read.kpmg.us uh, right. slash
0: opportunities now. And one last thing. You know what they say about the great artists? There's always something happening just below the surface. In this case, I guess I mean that literally. In Edinburgh, Scotland, the National Gallery there is holding this big exhibition featuring the work of Vincent van Gogh. As part of their prep, they x-rayed this painting called Head of a Peasant Woman. It's a lady wearing a hat, her face is weathered by the sun. But under the x-ray, researchers found something more.
1: On the reverse, hidden by a sheet of cardboard, we have a previously unknown Artist self-portrait.
0: If you flip the painting over, underneath the cardboard that is glued to the back for framing is what appears to be a self-portrait of Van Gogh himself. Apparently, this is a thing Van Gogh did. To save money, he would just paint on the back side of a canvas. And here, you see a man sitting, wearing a hat and a beard. Even on the x-ray, it looks unmistakably like Van Gogh. You can even deduce... When this was painted. Since he's looking off to the right, you can see his left ear. So this is before he cut it off. The question now is what to do next. To have an image as elusive as it presently is, is something very, very special. To reveal this new self-portrait, researchers would have to cut away all this glue and cardboard. Well, you don't want to harm the head of the peasant woman. After all, based on what was framed and sold, she's the person he wanted us to see. There's the story
1: that started it all. Now, a simple exercise, all right? Here's what I need you to do. First, obtain a match, a lighter. I need you to have a match or a lighter, right? You're going to burn something. But before you burn something, I want you to sit down with a pencil. It can be pen, a piece of paper. First thing I want you to do, my spiritual – no, my my spiritual – or no, let me say, my, my painting, there we go. Just call it my painting, my painting, right? And I want you to describe, in a sense, the spiritual painting that you try to present to everyone, what you want everyone to see, what you want everyone to think about you. And I want you to just try to describe how you want the world to see you, what you want people to see. And, and you've gotta be, now this may take you a little time to think about, but I want, it's your spiritual painting. Look, whether you like it or not, you put one forth, right? You want people to perceive your godliness, your honesty. I don't know. You, what do you want people to see about you, right? Your holiness, your modesty, your, 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 your I don't know, your, your godliness and, and, and the words you use. I don't know what you want people to see. You've just, it's going to be a, a time you're going to have to be open and honest with yourself. The spiritual painting that you put forth because you're, you put one forth, whether you like it or not, you do. You put forth an image, an idea. This is what you want people to see. This is what you want people to think. No matter how much you're going to argue with me, you put one forward and so do I. So I want you to write down your spiritual painting and describe it. What you want people to really see, what you want people to really think. And your motivations for you wanting people to see these things may be good. I'm not, I'm not in any way saying it's bad, but you've got to just, I want people to see Jesus. I want whatever you, whatever you want to write down. You put it down. That's your spiritual painting. Right? Then underneath that, put your self portrait. Then I want you to describe not what you want to be. Not what you want people to think you are. I want you to describe in the most graphic, brutal way possible, the inside you. you got to be like, it's going to be brutal that you're really selfish, that you're really... You're you're fearful because you want every, you're fearful that people will see the real you. So you cover it up in pride. You're jealous. You're angry. You're condescending. You're judgmental. You hate. You're unforgiving. You're unloving. You're selfish. You're filled with lust, whatever the case may be. I mean, you write down The most brutal, I mean, it's got to be brutal. And then I want you to just take up, just sit there, okay, for maybe four or five minutes, just comparing the painting with the reality. Here's the painting, and then the x-ray shows the the self-portrait behind it. I want you to look at that self-portrait and really, 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 really come to grips with everything that's there. And then you can take a moment and thank God for the imputed righteousness because without, impute, without that imputed righteousness, that self-portrait would have you condemned to an eternity in hell. I want you to look at it. I want you to really come to grips with it. And then I want you to burn it. Because I don't want anyone else to see it. I don't want anyone else to find it. I don't want to see it. Nobody else should see it. Between you and God. But it'll be a moment, a painful moment, of self-clarity. Because we spend so much time trying to let everyone see a painting. We we spend so much time as an Instagram filter than we do being our honest, genuine selves. That's your project for today. If you want to send a picture of of your list burning, (laughs) burning, By all means, email me that. I don't want to see the list before it's burnt. But if you want to share yourself burning it, then that's okay. But burn it and remember that your only hope is the imputed righteousness. But I want you to we, – we need to come face-to-face with the reality of what we are because we don't like that. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening for this kind of devotional message. Hopefully, this proved to be somewhat beneficial today, and hopefully everything else we do today will be beneficial as well. Thanks for listening. God bless.